0: What
1: you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Wrestling booking unit snap judgments for AEW from June 10th. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happened on this show, so um, we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Once a reminder, once again, a reminder. Um, I'm not doing AEW Dark anymore on this, although that might change because they, as soon as they stopped doing it, they said uh, we're gonna start putting John Moxley on it and all sorts of other stuff. So, but. So far, it's still... AEW Dark right now isn't drastically playing into the storylines. And it's just not worth worth it for me to continue to cover AEW Dark right now. If it moves to TNT, of course, we will start rolling that in. Um, If it moves to HBO Max, like the rumor I recently read was. um, You know, I'll have to get HBO Max, of course. But as of right now, we're just going to focus on AEW Dynamite, the televised show that most people do get a chance to watch, because um, AEW Dark, just like uh, Being the Elite and Sammy Guevara's blog, they do have a limited reach um, compared to the show. So, uh, Before I get into the review, want to remind everyone that Raw and Order Wrestling Booking Unit is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so you can head over to tatnusco.com and listen to some of the other podcasts there, and then come back here to listen to more there um you also can head over to our patreon page patreon.com slash raw order wbu uh, you can become a patron there and get access to some great special features including um commercial free episodes which is a great thing not, not having to hear uh, anchor ads or anything like that during them um uh higher tiers even include uh, free t-shirts and access to our uh, Patreon-exclusive Discord server, as well as the ability to come on the show and and give us your own fantasy booking challenges or wrestling crimes. So a lot of great options there. Head over to patreon.com, check it out, and, and support the wrestling booking unit. Uh, starting things off with AEW's Dynamite, we kick everything off with... The very first in-ring performance of FTR. So we do have FTR versus Butcher and the Blade. It is an excellent match all in all. Uh, kind of the neat thing though is before they got really into the match you saw out in the stand Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson both scouting the team from the seats and so that's kind of a neat little um, Easter egg sort of a thing Hint for maybe the future I don't know uh, The match itself was probably the best thing We've seen from Butcher and the Blade since they've came Not that they've had a whole lot of opportunity To show off what they can do uh, I think they showed up And then coronavirus kind of put a damper On a lot of things And and it showed So, But this was a great match overall Back and forth uh, Of course no flips Just fists uh classic old school wrestling and uh in the end of course ftr got the victory we didn't expect anything else uh normally i would kind of complain that they put someone up a a first match against one of their quote-unquote powerhouses and had them lose sort of a thing butcher and the blade they've been building up as as a bunch of badasses and normally, I'd, I'd feel that this wasn't the best move to have FTR just immediately come in and beat them. But, like I said, FTR elevated them to a match that we haven't seen them do yet. And I think that's very important. I think that does elevate Butcher and Blade more, even in defeat. So, so I'm going to give that a pass there. It was a great match, all in all. Um, and it was nice to see FTR in the ring again. And being allowed to be the characters that they want to be instead of, you know, dancing around because uh, someone put Ben Gay on their shorts or whatever. Afterwards, you had Tony Schiavone coming into the ring to interview them, but he didn't get very far before the young Young Bucks came out and congratulated them Uh, And then said, oh, but we've never really introduced ourselves to you. So I'd like to introduce uh, ourselves to you. We are the best tag team in the world. We're the Young Bucks. It's nice to meet you finally. So, of course, that drew a little bit of ire from FTR because they are the best tag team in the world, at least in their minds. Um, So we're obviously building up to that feud. But before we got to that... Uh, Butcher and the Blade come back in and attack the Young Bucks. Then Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc show up. Then Kenny Omega and Hangman Page show up. And there's chaos for a bit. And then in the end, it's kind of a standoff between FTR and the Elite in the ring before the Elite kind of back away. So um, it's going to be interesting because they... They acted like they're building up the feud between the Young Bucks and them, but reality, they really should be building up the feud between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and them because they are the tag team champions right now. So, But it was a great match, great match, so no real complaints there. Moving on, we did go backstage, Dasha uh, was backstage with the Natural Nightmares uh, announcing that next week they will get a chance against the tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Um, QT had Allie with him and of course Dustin Rhodes did not like that Allie was uh, getting in there and, and Brandy Rhodes didn't like it and so I don't know, you know I, think, I think QT even had given Allie one of their shirts because he's, she's in his corner and I'm not even sure where this is going because she was the manager of Butcher and Blade and then she just kind of stopped. And, of course, we know in reality she's married to the Blade. Um, but they, that's not at least storyline-wise. But it's just kind of weird that they just moved on from her with them without any sort of storyline or, or explanation. I can't help but think that down the road what's going to happen is that she's going to turn out to still be with Butcher and Blade. And this was all set up the whole time just to break up the natural nightmares. Um, That's my expectation. It's a weird storyline, but at the same point, I'm happy to see Allie getting some work. I do wish they'd have her more involved in the women's division. Because you know we've talked before about the women's division being the weakest segment in AEW. Um, she's one of the more experienced wrestlers in the women's division. She does bring a lot of uh, gravitas to that division, uh, being a former uh, Impact Wrestling champion, being relatively well known. So, but it's still I don't know. It it was an interesting segment we'll see how it all plays out moving on we had the uh aw world champion hikaru shida and chris statlander ste- teaming up against nyla rose and penelope ford of course kip sabian was out there at ringside uh this was it was a weird match i enjoyed it but it it's like statlander and shida didn't really have the best chemistry as a team I think that kind of held them back a bit. Uh, But it was a good match overall. Um, It featured, at one point, uh, Chris Satlander did a a suicide dive out onto Kip Sabian on the outside. Which uh, looked like it hurt. Mostly hurt her. Uh, Reports have it that she might not be in the best condition after that. But we'll see. Um, We had uh, Sheeta attempting... To hit the Falcon Arrow on Nyla Rose, and uh, that wasn't gonna happen. So uh, that that worked out poorly for them. But in the end, um, it was it was it was a, a, a ref distraction spot. i the best way to describe it. So um, Sabian grabbed uh, Sheeta's leg. The ref was distracted trying to stop him. During that time, uh, Penelope Ford grabbed the uh, belt and whacked Sheeta up aside the head with it, and then threw the belt outside of the ring and was able to get the pin on that. So I don't have a problem with it. I I like that finish to be perfectly honest. Uh, the match itself was, like I say, a little bit sketchy at times. Uh, they didn't have the best chemistry there, but the one thing that—not the one thing, but one of the things that AEW has been missing, I think, has been heel tactic victories. Uh, you know, we don't have as many of the chicken shit heels running off. There's, there's only been one DQ, and it was in an Iron Man match. Um, so you know, that kind of takes some of the the weapons away from the heels, where historically speaking, heel tactic victories have always been a great way to build heat, right? So, either the heel has uh, someone cheat to help them win, or my favorite one, heel tactic victory, is when the heel says, well, I'm the champion, um, so I can't lose the belt by countout, so I'm just gonna deuce out of here with the belt. Peace. You know? So, so I actually kind of liked that they had the the belt spot uh, get get the victory. So, A decent, decent match. It just, like I said, Sheeta and Chris Statlander didn't seem to be on the same page the entire time. So um, I hope Chris Statlander's not seriously injured, but I fear she is. Up next, of course, you had a video package with Darby Allin and Tony Hawk. If you followed Twitter, they've teased this a lot on it. So it had Tony Hawk helping Darby Allin get set up, said, uh, you're not medically cleared to wrestle, but you don't need a doctor's note to skate at my ramp. And then it showed Darby Allen uh, continuing it like over and over and over again, trying to do this, uh, drop in off the top of a 10 foot ladder onto the ramp and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail. And fail. fail and no I'm not exaggerating this is literally the number of times he failed eventually he managed to land it and roll off and high fives Tony Hawk as he rolled by and you know I'm all for them going all in on the the skateboarder gimmick part of Darby Allen but maybe not have him fail so often I mean yeah it shows that he's not afraid to keep trying until he does what he does but maybe show sometimes that he actually completes tricks on a regular, too. I mean, he is a decent skater, so let's let's have him actually, you know, show off some skateboarding. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's beside the point. It's not wrestling related. It just was a weird thing for that. Moving on, we had the six-man tag match with Orange Cassidy and The Best Friends versus The Inner Circle, in this case with Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager. Uh, this, you know, started off before even the bell rang. They wiped out Orange Cassidy on the stage. Then they tried to take off out the best friends in the ring and all this stuff. Eventually, Orange Cassidy uh, was able to get into the ring and uh, he did his hands up and they was going to go put him in the pockets and Jake Hager picked him up and threw him into the corner. Uh, and tried to come after him, and he duck-rolled. I mean, he did the Orange Cassidy stuff that he does. Duck-rolled out, put his hands in his pockets. duck-rolled out, ducked under a double-clothesline attempt by Ortiz and Santana, um, then was able to knock them out of the ring. All of this stuff was fun. And in the end, Orange Cassidy actually rolled up Ortiz with the mouse trap for the victory. So the best friends and Orange Cassidy have a victory over the inner circle this uh didn't sit well with Jericho who was on commentary up until this point so uh he dropped off commentary and came out and attacked Orange Cassidy with the baseball bat and busted him open so Orange Cassidy's bleeding in the ring and they beat up on him they end up pulling out from under the ring they had stashed a giant bag (laughs) Of oranges, they said they were blood oranges. I think that was more just a a uh, joke of the fact that Orange Cassidy was bleeding. Uh, but they've got this bag, they said it was 20 pounds. I don't know, it looked like a lot. So, and they started beating him with this sack of citrus, just <laughs> uh, and so now he's bleeding and covered in orange juice. Uh, at one point, though, uh, Jericho picked up one of the oranges and just took a bite out of it like it was an apple. And I wanted to say, ha- have you never actually ate an orange before, Chris? Because that's not how you do it. That's, that's not. But I guess he's Jericho, so who am I to say? In the end, though, uh, they leave Orange Cassie bloodied and orangey in the ring and they take off. We move on. Tony Schiavone was going to interview the Gun Club ringside. But uh, MJF grabbed the microphone and cut an MJF promo. So um, I I don't know if they're setting up an MJF versus Billy or Austin gun. I don't know. Um, Or if they're going to be putting Wardlow and MJF versus Gun Club. It'll be interesting to see. But that's the way that went. Moving on, we had uh, Spanish God Sammy Guevara versus Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana, boom, boom, Colt Cabana. Yo, know, it started off, Sammy Guevara came to the ring. I think he rode his little little scooter thing uh, to down to the ring. And then he got in there, Colt Cabana came in, they flipped each other off. Uh, they had a pretty decent match overall back and forth. Um, but in the end, it was Sammy Guevara who got the victory. He capitalized on a mistake from Colt Cabana. He tried to do the reverse Chicago skyline, but slipped, um, and, you know, obviously meant to slip. This was all planned, of course. This wasn't a mistake by any means, but he slipped, and uh, Sammy Guevara was able to capitalize on that and get the pin. So, uh, you know, hit, hit him with the uh, whatever it is. I don't even remember what the name of his move is. It's like a fireman's carry go to sleep move. I don't remember. Anyways, but afterwards, Colt Cabana is sitting in the ring looking dejected. I don't know why I've lost. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then the Dark Order, the entire Dark Order, including Evil Udo and Stu Grayson, including Brody Lee, uh, they all walk out there. And Brody Lee helps Cabana up... To his feet and doesn't really say anything and then walks off and goes down the heel tunnel which that's an important thing to note AW has um, been sticking to it I was kind of expecting it to go away eventually but they've got those two entrances and the good guys always come out of the entrance that when looking at them it's to our right and the heels always come out the left side entrance um, and Cody comes out the middle, so is he a heel or a face? I don't know. He's acting pretty facey, but that's beside the point. So uh, the Dark Order goes back and they leave through the heel ramp, um, like they go to someplace different. I guess I don't know. And uh, Colt Cabana followed them out through the heel ramp. So are we, are we uh, witnessing the rise of cult Cabana? Hmm. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's the best fit for it, but he has been losing recently, so to have him join the Dark Order makes sense from their storyline. So, uh, In the end, though, Sammy Guevara is out in the ring. Uh, he has the microphone left. He's talking about how he's the best. Matt Hardy's music hits. Matt Hardy comes out and gives him some advice, and the advice basically is this. You have everything it takes to be a future of AEW, but you need to get away from the inner circle. Trust me. Now, the important thing is this wasn't Matt Hardy in Broken Matt Hardy gimmick. This was Matt Hardy in, I want to say, uh, uh, OG Matt? I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and look. But, But it wasn't, it wasn't Broken Matt Hardy, so, um... But then he started to shift through because Sammy Guevara talked back to him and then he shifted and he, and he came out and then he was in, in Mattitude and then he shifted and then he ended up with the the broken gimmick at the end. So After the commercial break, we had uh, Joey Janela doing shots at a bar, talking about his journey, how he was supposed to be the rising star, all this stuff but somehow or another he lost his direction so he's drinking alone he's trying to find his way he goes out onto the street he's kind of stumbling out down the street and uh sunny kisses car drives up he's driving a sweet looking convertible and he spots joey janella and he says hey joey you you want to ride and uh joey got in and so are we seeing a team of the bad boy and the concrete rose starting? This could be interesting there. Oh. We went backstage, Dasha uh, caught up with Colt Cabana who basically blew her off and just uh, knocked on the door to Brody Lee. So yeah, they're definitely at least teasing Colt Cabana. It'll be interesting there. Uh, they showed John Moxley arriving. Uh, Alex Marvez tried to interview him, um, but really got kind of blown off, uh, you know, by Don Moxley basically saying, "You know, Taz has been telling people that Brian Cage is going to beat me at Fighter Fest, and I can't wait until I can beat Brian Cage and then pop Taz's head like a pimple." So um, Taz then showed up. Get your head right because you're going to tap out at Fighter Fest. Just, you know, a, a great setup there. You know they're building this uh pretty good i just i have a hard time believing that they're gonna have brian cage beat john moxley at fighter fest and become the new world champion it's a little too soon if you ask me to put the belt on anyone you know to change the belt but in the end we had brian cage ambush john moxley from behind he hit him with a spine buster on the hood of a car. He rammed him into the window of the vehicle and broke the window and, and you know, so they're building this up pretty hard. It's becoming a grudge match. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not excited to see the match. I'm just saying that it's one of those things where, just like we said about some of the other ones, I wish there was a little bit more buildup of Brian Cage decimating other people before he just, you know, they immediately throw him into it. I know he won this at uh, his first appearance at um, Double or Nothing, but it—I I, I kind of wish they would do like it wasn't at Fighter Fest. It, the match wasn't gonna happen until All Out or Full Gear or something. like You know what I mean? So there was a little bit more buildup. But and then we moved on to the main event. So for the second week in a row. TNT champion, the American Nightmare Cody, with Arn Anderson, of course, defended his title against, in the surprise change uh, to the to the thing, the booking. Um, one half of Private Party, Mark Um reports had it was supposed to be someone else, and and then there was an injury. Um, I think it was supposed to, they were gonna originally have it be um, Phoenix. But his injury has kept him out of action for a little bit longer than expected. So, But this was, this was very pleasant because Private Party are super athletic and super capable in the ring. Um, but we've only ever got to see them so far as a team. And so it was really nice to see Marquen get a shot. Of course, Isaiah Cassidy was out there. Matt Hardy was out there to help. But to have Marquen get a shot and get to show off what he can do... By himself in the ring, um, it did feature a. It started off with a handshake, so you looked like this was gonna be like the the straight up face versus face match, but Cody looked a little vicious during this match, and really kind of looked like he was he was teasing a heel, Cody quite a few times in this match. Um, in the end, he. Uh, hit um got the grapevine on Marquin's legs um and was able to to get a tap out from Mark Quinn um so Cody is still the champion I didn't think they were gonna put the belt on Marquin, but it was a great match um I do think that they need to put the TNT title um at least once or twice someplace else on the card not always main event uh because it's not the premier title. It is a title. But at some point, they're going to have to have the world title be the main event story, right? Um, in the end, though, uh, you know, Cody got the win. But then Jake Hager came out and uh, kind of confronted Cody. Arn Anderson got involved. But Hager attacked Cody because of the distraction. Private Party and Matt Hardy... Private Hardy, Party Hardy uh, came out to help when they were already out, but they uh, tried to assist Cody. The inner circle then came out and all hell break loose. And uh, in the end, Cody said, uh, Jake, you know, you you want a TNT match. How about Fighter Fest? You got it. So that's how it ended for the week. Uh, The announcement that at Fighter Fest, Jake Hager will get a shot at that TNT title. Assuming Cody is still the champion, which I bet you he is. I don't think they're going to take it off him just yet. But uh, it just was interesting to see a little bit more of the heel side of Cody. Because as much as I think he he gives the best promos in the business right now as a face, uh, it's also important to... To uh, know that he also could be one of the better heels in the business, too. So, um, All told, it was a pretty good, good episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect. I, I wish there was a little bit more uh, star presence in, in the main. Um, and by that, I mean, instead of having the TNT title be the main event, have something involving the world title as the main event, even if it ends in a schmads or something like that that might make sense. I mean, there's there there's a lot of restrictions that they're stuck with that they can't fight. But, you know, we're, we're having this where there's a lot of AEW stars that we just haven't seen in a long time. Probably because of uh, coronavirus keeping them at home, they're not able to, to make it out to every AEW Dynamite. But um, we only had the one real women's match this week. And it would have been nice to have seen more than just a, a women's tag match. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got a lot of up and comers. This would have been a great time to put Anna Jay out there with. Um, I'm trying to think of think of someone else. Uh, Big Swole. Anna Jay versus Big Swole. They might have had one on Dynamite but it would, uh, on Dark at one point, but it would have been nice to see that. I mean, they've got a lot of these young up and coming ones throw them out there beginning of the second hour or end of the first hour you know in that kind of down moment give them a chance but i think i'm gonna give this a seven out of ten seven citations out of ten uh it was a good one just it was missing a little bit of the fire Uh, always there's a come down after a pay-per-view and then they start building up for the next one fighter fest really doesn't count as a pay-per-view since it's really just a two-night special event um, two separate weeks, so, but, but, so we're really waiting until, I think, uh, all out is the next actual pay-per-view, so, but that's fine, they've got a lot of time to build for that, so seven out of ten, still a decent score, still better than, than most, way better than average, so, um, so yeah, just, thanks for listening uh, make sure to head over to patreon.com slash raw support us that way if you don't want to sign up for a patron account uh but you want to support us in, in a little way you can head to uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order you can see our merch there you can buy a t-shirt or a face mask or something like that to uh support us that way um, or, you know, a great way to support us that doesn't cost you a dime is to like, share, and subscribe. Make sure to click that share and send out a tweet or a Facebook post or an Instagram post about your favorite wrestling podcast. Uh, maybe. That's the hope. Um, so share it with your friends. Uh, you can hop on Apple and give us a five-star review. I talk about that a lot, but Apple's uh, algorithm for recommendations is based a lot on reviews. So the more reviews that we can get, the more ears can listen to us. So, but those are great ways to help us out. I'd appreciate it all. Links to all of that stuff is going to be on my pinned tweet on my Twitter, at RawAndOrderWBU, or in the description, the doobly-doos for this very episode, you can find all of those links as well. So help us out, like, share, subscribe, and we will see you soon.